at you. We are on location, and we are talking about making movies. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast, and we are back live in Columbus, Ohio, at the world-famous Gateway Film Center, <laughs> where we do it live Yay. once a month. Yeah, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And we are from madwolf.com, and uh, yeah, we love this. We've, uh, we're back uh, once once a month, second Wednesday of every month. We That's do the right. Fright Club Live, and we're seeing some great horror movie t-shirts tonight. Very nice. You're sporting the Blackula. Yes. I've got the Jaws. We're seeing the thing. We've got uh, Season of the Witch, all kinds that of high stuff. High tension over here. High tension, Frankenstein. So and everybody that wore one is Dracula. in the running for some prizes that we'll do some drawings here in just a couple of minutes. So a bunch of fun. And we had a lot of fun last week talking about skeletons in the closet. It's our annual tradition since last year. That's right. <laughs> uh, talking about... Some of the horror movie pass in the Oscar nominees. And boy, we dug up some dreck. It's actually now become one of my favorite things about Oscar nomination day is I'll just like, as the nominees come up, I'll just think to myself, oh, like two years ago, Leonardo DiCaprio, Critters 3, you know, Tom Hardy, Minotaur. Yeah. I like, I can't wait. Oh my God, so many bad movies to talk about. So we are excited this year, in particular, Casey Affleck was in Soul Survivors, which is just a god-awful mess. So we are excited to talk about that and just dig into yeah. some of the, the really bad decisions that current Oscar nominees have made in their past. So that's always fun. Paying their dues. That's right. It's always fun, yeah. So uh, we're looking f- look, we were looking forward to tonight, which is we're getting meta. We're talking about movies, horror movies, about making movies. And we've been asking for some suggestions. And you know... Tom was ready to chime in with children shouldn't play with dead things. <laughs> and actually, Phantom Dark Dave seconded that. And no. See? Because <laughs> 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 the thing is, there are, you be, I mean, there are dozens and dozens of horror movies that are about making movies. It's just like, the, it's just a, it's a common sort of um, genre uh, across all of movies from Truffaut's Day for Night to, you know, Ed Wood from, from Tim Burton. I mean, I think it's just it's just fertile ground for filmmaking anyway, yeah. right? Write what you know. Well, if you're yeah. a filmmaker, you know about filmmaking. Even so. this year, you could say, in a way, La La Land is about. Yeah. I mean, they don't really go on location too much, but there's always movies about Hollywood and about making movies. Right. So we kind of really tried to narrow it down that, that it wasn't just... So if you take, like, the Scream trilogy, there are very meta films. They're about filmmaking they're about horror movies and and the the longer you get into the series the more the stab film series takes part but the movie itself is never actually about the act of making a movie so same with the Blair Witch Project you find fit footage and they're shooting footage but the point of the movie is not to sort of draw your attention to the act of making movies so this is one of the ways we pruned the list that and just my personal taste so those one are of the, the ways two criteria we <laughs> I'm making the air quotes. <laughs> we prune the list. You like these movies. I do. Yeah. And uh, and by the way, I've got to point out that we're playing Hurt tonight. Hope had some bad chicken earlier, and she's queasy. <laughs> and I still have a fat lip from the argument I got into about John Wick. <laughs> no, that's not true. The skiing. Or we were skiing this weekend. I was. And I somehow managed to hit myself with the end of my ski pole. Well, that's and what we told police. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> but you know, the beer always helps. So, uh, those are the ground rules. Those are the disclaimers. Uh, so, are we ready to get at it? Yes, I okay. think so. Because, as always, we're going to watch one of these tonight uh, that made the list. And we'll start with one I particularly like because of what it, what it talks about. And it's the story of a sound engineer's work for an Italian horror studio becoming a terrifying case 
of life imitating art. We got fans from 2012 Barbarian Sound Studio. Red Mind in you was that you were an artist, that you were doing this with love. Sounds a little watery. Is there any fresh marrow? Francesco tells me you are trying to escape. There's no reason to escape. Loser! This is going to be a fantastic film. This game's up, boy. And we'll jump through hooks. Don't be afraid. A new world of sound awaits you. A new world that requires all your magic powers. I just like the subject of this because it deals with sound engineering, which is what I do a lot of every yep. day in in the studio. And also Toby Jones. You always got to love Toby Jones. Always great He's to so see him. He's so great in this movie. He is. He's so great as Gilderoy. Just this <laughs> inc- great incredibly mild-mannered British uh, filmmaker who has in, in the past just done sound for documentaries. And um, he thinks that's what this is going to be. And he doesn't realize until he sees the first bits of film that it's a it's a very violent brutal gallo i don't know how you pronounce it how you pronounce that g-a-i-l-l-o i pronounce it like it's spanish and it's italian and i don't know how to pronounce italian giallo that's how you pronounce it okay i guess it's giallo okay which is it's it's italian for yellow so i guess it makes sense it kind of sounds like yellow yeah that makes sense we're gonna dub in the correct pronunciation <laughs> mr sound engineer there'll be some random voice going giallo <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he's so perfect for this movie because he's he's just being bullied and abused where he goes and he won't stand up for himself and he's and he's such a great actor he really really is but I think I mean for me one of the reasons that I love this is is that one of the things and it took me when I was a kid it took me forever to figure this out uh, um, that uh, Italian horror movies dub everything so like they'll have if you're an English uh, an, an English speaking actor you'll say your lines in English and if you're an Italian speaking actor you'll say your lines in Italian because they're just going to dub the whole thing in whatever language they're going to release it, and so it gives them all this really surreal feel about it. You're like, well, okay, that guy's lips kind of sort of match that. What the hell is he saying? You know. <laughs> so to to watch this, which is a movie about them doing that, dubbing this incredibly brutal, violent movie, is is I thought was just fascinating. Yeah, and it. It, it reminded me a lot of, remember Blowout? Yeah. The original, and then they had the uh, John Travolta. Yeah. Did a, did a room, but especially the original, of how, how they each, they, they keep getting, you know, more particular and more specific about the certain sounds. It, yeah. I mean, it's not I- exactly the same storyline, but it, but it follows <laughs> the certain sounds where you, where you uncover things. And I think you're right about Toby Jones. He's perfect for this part. Oh, he's so you know, perfect. A, a guy that's put upon all the time and kind of meek, you know, and stumbling into something he's not wasn't quite ready for um but yeah, if you haven't seen it it's a really slow build this film and then it becomes more surreal as it goes along until you know he's sort of he takes on a different persona and you're not sure what's real and what's not real but um so and i'm not sure it's going to be everybody's cup of tea because it is a it's a fairly slow somewhat surreal film but toby jones is just brilliant yeah and it was directed by a guy named peter strickland yeah who did a lot of Bjork videos. Yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> uh, which are kind of out there. surreal. Yeah. And, uh, and a movie called The Duke of Burgundy. But, right. Uh, actually, the title uh, of the fictional studio refers to Kathy Berberian, who was a U.S. soprano who married Luciano Burrio, a pioneer of electronic music and a key influence on the director. I so, see. Yeah. So that's nerd now, honest George. Yeah, I just you know I just had that little fact off the top of my head that, <laughs> that I read off this paper. That uh, 
I wanted to pass along. So yeah, it's it's very cool. I think you're right. It's maybe not everybody's, you know, going to make everybody's favorite list because it is slow, uh, a bit of a slow build. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really effective. Uh, it's number five on our list of movies about making movies. Barbarian Sound Studio from 2012. And another one, speaking of an editor, this is the story of a film editor who gets embroiled in a string of murders from 2014, The Editor. What about that editor? Didn't you tell me all the victims were missing the same fingers he was? Sure, you have wooden fingers, but who doesn't at times? He was an up-and-coming editor before I met him, before he almost killed his assistant. Ah, the editor's going to kill me. That was his work print. Interesting how that name keeps coming up. Editor. Here we go with the film talk again. I really admire his films. I don't want to see you around here anymore. You understand me? You take death with you wherever you go. I was going to tell you it's the first good thing you've edited in an extremely long time. You may have recognized a couple of faces there. Not only Udo Kier. Woohoo! Udo Kier! But Lawrence R. Harvey from the Human Centipede movies is in this. <laughs> not, uh, not the Lawrence Harvey from The Manchurian Candidate. The other one... <laughs> From uh, from the Human Centipede, and this one I remember this, and also Paz de la Huerta is in this, which yeah. you know if she's in it, it's effing crazy, <laughs> because that's just what she does. But uh, I remember this got a lot, a lot of attention when it just came out of nowhere. Everybody was talking about the editor. You got to see the editor. So it's a it's a Canadian film group, uh, writers and directors that that work together on a lot of different films, and all of them are spoofs, like Manborg. Believe it or not, that's not a straight film. Uh, and the editor, <laughs> the editor, um, is another one that is. It looks at Italian horror specifically, and it's hilarious. If you watch any Italian horror ever, you're going to be like, "Oh my god, this is so spot on." Yeah, I think we've said before, Italian is not not our favorite. It is not. Type of, and that, oh, that, but it's not like we haven't seen all of it. We've seen all of it, all yeah. of it. And the thing about this movie now, now the editor, of this film is is very loving. In the way it recreates it. I mean, it's not. It's, But at the same time, it just points out every ludicrous thing that happens in every Italian horror movie. And it does it so brilliantly. Yeah, and actually, you'll appreciate this. A guy named Graham Humphreys, uh, he did posters for The Evil Dead and Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. He personally designed four posters for this movie. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a... I know you love you love the Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead remarks, so that Absolutely. gets that in there. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. Would you call it an homage? Hey, come on in. It is, and and it is a bit of a spoof. Um, yeah, but, but it's the a movies very, are. Yeah, it's a very smart one, and and one again that's really affectionate to the source material. But it is so spot on and pointing out just every ridiculous turn of events that you are going to find in almost every Italian horror movie. And the one of the one of the things that it reminds me of is uh, Fulci's Cat in the Brain which is another movie about making movies. It's another Italian horror movie about making Italian horror movies. It's not nearly as good as the editor, so just skip that and watch this. But it does make you think <laughs> of it because, um, except that that isn't intentionally funny, and this one is. And, and in a way, the, you know, it has those grindhouse type of trailers. Yes. It reminded me of, of Tarantino's, yeah. uh, the double feature of Death Proof mm-hmm. and um, what's the one I'm thinking of? 
Death Proof and Planet, Planet Terror. Terror, yeah, because I loved those trailers. Those are oh, so yeah. great. These these aren't as good as those. No, but it, it has in that same vein. Yeah, it does. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and that is the editor number four on our list from 2014. Moving up to the one we're going to see tonight: a serial killer uses a horror video rental to lure his next victim. From 2003, the last horror movie. You see that there? We're making a film of this. We're trying to make an intelligent movie about murder while actually doing the murders. You've got to stop it. All this stuff you're doing. Whatever happens, this is going to be your last horror movie. So really quickly, who has seen this movie? <laughs> nice. Nice. Nobody's seen it. We love that. Yay! That's very exciting. Nobody's seen the movie. So we've snuck away as we do. So we can talk about it without spoilers, because this may be the first time that no one in the theater besides ourselves have seen the movie we're showing. It is the first time, and I'm Exciting. so excited about that, and a little bit surprised. I, I, I honestly didn't realize this film was as obscure as it is. I think people may confuse it yes. sometimes uh, with the last horror film, mm-hmm. the uh, like 1983 Joe Spinelli stalks an actress to Cannes film festival who you may remember debacle maniac gazzo in rocky that's right he's also in a movie you probably did see but he's maniac in maniac yeah definitely so not not that movie this one is much much better it is um it is and it's it's you know i mean it's it's reminiscent of man bites dog you know uh and also um the one it really reminded me of was Funny Games. Yes. Uh, in what it was trying to say. Now, it didn't say it as well for me. Well, to be honest. I mean, nobody I says anything exactly. as well Funny as... Funny Games as is so great. Michael Haneke. Michael Haneke is so great. But uh, that I think those types of themes were, were on its mind. And Absolutely. It is, and it is clever. It is clever in the way it's done, but it's much, mo- much more overt in telling you that's what it's probing instead of showing you. Right. So the whole movie breaks the fourth wall. Right. Uh, and uh, Max, our anti-hero, our protagonist, <laughs> yeah. our antagonist, yeah. uh, he has taped over the movie that you've rented from the video store so that what you're watching is his film of the murders that he commits. And it has been compared to um, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh, and and I can't go that far. No. Right? Not nearly but, as grim. No, no. Uh, and, and definitely with a dark sense of humor. But oh, there are yeah. also some places where you think he's going one direction and he pivots. Yes. It's nice. Yeah, it is. It is especially... Well, we don't want to give away too much, but there are times when, yeah, you think there might be some victims and... Maybe they're not. And other times where you think there won't be victims, and, and maybe there are. So, yeah, I, I do like that. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah, and he's, you know, just this egomaniacal sociopath, but very charming. You know, and actually, uh, I've seen it several times now, but it was just the last time I watched it, I realized that he kind of reminds me of John Taylor from Duran Duran, which might be why <laughs> I liked it in the first place. 
Okay. He's got a Duran Duran vibe about him. Does he? He does. All right. I didn't see that. I didn't get that <laughs> vibe. You didn't have as many posters. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I had the Farrah Fawcett's <laughs> and, the, and the Charlie's Angels. And this guy didn't remind me at all of any of Charlie's Angels. But no, it is it, it is clever. Uh, it's very, as you said, it's very fourth wall. It's very, you're complicit here. Yes. Uh, and that's, Which, like funny games, that's exactly. the theme. That's the theme. It's like, why do you want to watch a horror movie? But in this one, he just comes out and says that. He does. He comes out and tells you, you're watching this. Why are you watching this? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? Right, right. Uh, whereas funny games ask that, but in much more, much more, you know, ambiguous way and a m- much more effective way. But again, that might not be a fair comparison. Right. Uh, but it is. It's it's awful clever, and it's it's pretty short. It it, it moves right along. Yes, it does uh, at its pace. And the guy does hold your uh, the lead actor mm-hmm. does hold your attention, mm-hmm. uh, keeps it going because there's a lot of full face close ups yeah. on him when he's talking directly to the camera. And uh, yeah, it's 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 cleverly done. And I guess I'm surprised as well that it's as obscure as it seems to be. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I hope that. Because, you know, I, I, I think people are going to be excited about it. I think they're going to enjoy it. And I, and I hope that more people seek it out. So it's the last horror movie. Yes. Not, not the last horror film. Not the last horror film. And we're, so it's a British film. Yeah. And we're going to see that here in just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, we've got to get back in there and give away some prizes. Let's do it. Wayne and Garth, hit it. <laughs> Let's take this time really quickly. Those of you that wore the horror movie t-shirt, I gave you a... A raffle ticket, so get them out. We got a couple of prizes here. How about um, let's see for the last four digits? What is that? Seven one two nine. Who has seven one two nine? Is that Bridget? Woo! All right, you. And and that's not just it's not just because you brought me a Leatherface doll. That's not the only reason. Sporting the high tension. Let's see, sporting the high tension T-shirt this evening. All right, so enjoy that. So, yeah, so nobody's seen it. That's perfect. So we won't spoil anything for anybody. We will move right on to number two. The filming of Nosferatu is hampered by the fact that its star, Max Schreck, is taking the role of vampire for far more seriously than seems humanly possible. Shadow of the Vampire. Meet Count Orlok. I'd like some makeup. Well, you don't get him. What is the matter with you? Where did you find him, really? Blood! Blood! Academy Award nominees John Malkovich. I will finish my picture! And Willem Dafoe. This is hardly your picture any longer. Shadow of the Vampire. How dare you destroy my photographer! Why not the script girl? I'll eat her later. More Udo Kier. Yeah. That's awesome. Anytime Udo a countdown can have two Udo Kier sightings, that's a bonus. Yeah, this is this is such a good movie. It is. And it's got it sports such great performances and this role was tailored especially written for Willem Dafoe and he's Who so, got an Oscar nomination for it? So and so well deserved. He's oh fantastic. Oh my god, he's great. And Malkovich is great. He is. Malkovich is perfect and they're they're the they're so great bouncing off each other. Yeah, oh yeah. Um uh it, yeah, they are perfect and um as I may have mentioned at one time or another, Max Shrek, Count Orlock, my absolute favorite vampire of all time. Um Nosferatu is my favorite vampire movie of all time and uh I loved 
this movie so much. It's so catty. You know, when it you is. watch it, it's it so is. catty about filmmaking. It's just, and and, uh, and the whole cast is great. Eddie Izzard is great. Um, you know, everybody in it, but, but yeah, Willem Dafoe is spectacular. And like every small scene, especially the scenes that he has with the rest of the ensemble, so not just Murnau, but the rest of the ensemble, ensemble are so... Sometimes really sad and moving. It, mm-hmm. It's like there's underneath this this really very funny, clever film. He has really sort of articulated how melancholy it would be to just be that ageless, to have no real recollection of anything and no real interest in anything. He's really sad. And I think what's interesting too is it's talking about a movie that was made in 1922, but you you even get the feeling that. There's divas on the set back then. Yeah. I mean, he's treated as such a diva, you know. I'd like some makeup. Well, you won't get any. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love that. And it has that undercurrent of, yeah, of melancholy, but also of, of humor throughout oh, the very, whole thing. It's very funny. And it looks fantastic, the way it's the way the lighting is set and the shadow, which, of course, works with the movie within the movie. Yeah, absolutely. But it also works in the, over, in the overall uh, mood of this movie. And... It's interesting because I don't really recognize the director as having really done anything not much since, no, not before much or since. Mm-mm. No, not too much. Merhige, E. Elias Merhige, who did do a great job and is really, I think, primarily, besides this movie, more famous for having directed videos for Madonna and uh, Marilyn Manson. Okay, all right. And he's got a cool name. Does, yeah. So where has he been? Which is too bad because obviously he has talent. Yeah, he does. And it's interesting, too, that the, uh, the music... That's played on the phono- the phonograph to set the mood for the actors in some of the scenes. They're actually playing the soundtrack of 1979's Dracula with um, <laughs> with uh, Frank Langella. With Frank Langella, yeah. that was done by John Williams. So they- oh, he's got such a hairy chest in that movie. <laughs> no, but vampires shouldn't have a hairy chest. That's so 70s. The 70s were so hairy. I re- I remember when that that version came out as a kid. I remember just hearing, you know, all the. All the women, all the moms just, ooh, got to see That's that. That's because it was like the era yeah. of Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds and yeah. all these pelt-chested men. Oh, yeah, I can tell you. My mom loved her some Tom Selleck. <laughs> he started out doing those oh, com- doing those commercials for something before he got uh, Magnum P.I. Chad and my, Sexington. My, my mom was like, ooh, that, that man. <laughs> but, uh, Not something you want to hear your mom say. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Shadow of the Vampire, a, a, a fantastic movie. And it's, it's made the list different lists here a few times because mm-hmm. it's it's one we we love talking about because it's just so well done and very and that's why it's added it's more interesting to me that the director really haven't hasn't come no. up with anything since then because it's put together so well it is. like you said a guy that has talent but uh haven't really heard from since then but that's a good one number two shadow of the vampire takes us up to number one another one we've talked about before it's a film crew following a ruthless thief and heartless killer as he goes about his daily routine but complication but complications set in when the film crew loses their objectivity and begins lending a hand. 1992, it's Man Bites Dog. (laughs) I have to say, the first time we saw this movie, another movie that came to mind was A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. The thing I think that... um so it's a it's a documentary. What if, speaking of meta films, so it's a documentary uh, about making a movie on a shoestring budget, made by documentarians working on a shoestring budget. Uh, the the director plays the director. 
uh, the writer plays the writer. Uh, the star is also a co-director and co-writer. It's so it's just it's a it's a fascinating film, and the whole movie really is about filmmaking in a very jaded and ugly way. Um, and and of course in the film uh, originally it's the objectivity, and they're going to follow the serial killer who happens to be incredibly. Um, charismatic and fascinating and and then he just makes them start helping and then they just do help because you've got to the show must go on and then eventually they just like helping and so it's this is fascinating way to observe uh you know sort of complicity and then bloodlust and then regret and then fear (laughs) because now you're in it now what are you gonna do and it's um but i think one of the things it's really violent Mm -hmm. but one of the things that i think is the most startling about it is that is is the humor it's a very very dark comedy um very dark ugly and it's and it's definitely has bits of social commentary because it's it's based or it was inspired by a uh, very famous murder case in France that got an incredible amount of media attention, and that's what this movie really looks at: media and mm-hmm. as as you say, as we see the lines blurred between the camera crew and the actual murderer, and they start becoming, you know, guiding the action instead of just filming it. It really makes a statement about uh, media and social attitudes toward what is acceptable. It also periodically reminds me of Spinal Tap because you know how the drummer <laughs> keeps dying in Spinal Tap because the crew member they just keep dying and then they're like, "Well, he'd want us to soldier on." <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't you can't dust for vomit. <laughs> but no, it's it's really it's it's one of those movies that the more you see it, if you see it a, two or three times, you really pick out new things yeah. every time, especially new comments yes. new points they're trying to make yeah. you get you get caught up in the the sort of the charisma of the lead yes. guy who he's of course amazing he is and he's and he certainly believes in his own charisma he <laughs> he loves him some him and uh how he just you know goes through life and he's so interesting but uh you, you definitely pick up a little more comments as you go along but it's it's endlessly fascinating and as i think we've mentioned before when we talked about it the actual literal translate translation of the movie is it t- it takes place close to your home, yeah. Which is something about yeah. This this is we're looking at it here where we are, but this could be anywhere. Right, and right. I think that's the point it wants to make, uh, and it does it in a very darkly comic, yeah, fascinating and just, way, and and often really ugly. Um, yeah, but it, but it's never it's always entertaining. But it is a lot of times it just sort of makes you feel dirty. For yeah, well, and especially it. the rape scene, which is yeah. one that that reminded me of the rape scene yeah. of Clockwork, Clockwork Orange, Orange. Uh, specifically. So number one on our list, man bites dog in meta horror movies, movies about making movies. And we look ahead to a month from now. We're going to be right back here and celebrating St. Patrick's Day. And we're going to be watching Stitches. Stitches. And so, drinking and drinking. I'm and sure. drinking. And drinking. So, for those of you who are waiting for a more lighthearted romp, here we finally have one. Stitches is super funny and fun. Exactly. So, uh, you know who's it... not going to come? Steve Perez, because it's a clown. So he's not coming. Clowns. I mean, he's not coming anyway because he doesn't live in this state. But he hates him some clowns. Yeah, he wants them what all burned to the he ground. He does. He does. But uh, yeah, so we'll get to that. And uh, let us know what you thought about these. As always, keep the conversation going on Twitter. That's the easiest way. We're at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F, and uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. And uh, we hope to see everybody back here um, in about a month, mm-hmm. second Wednesday of March. And uh, this will be up on our, our website. This podcast will be up uh, hopefully on Monday mm-hmm. in a few days, as it always is. And uh, the fo- fine folks at Golden Spiral Media, you can find it on there website as well all right so uh we've got a movie to watch and nobody's seen it which is so so excited 
so again, so happy about thanks that. for coming. Thanks for your great uh, horror movie T-shirts. Love those. And uh, let's roll the last horror movie. And until next time, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you. Yeah.